Hey everyone, you are listening to Mind Body Greens Beauty Podcast, Clean Beauty School. I am your host and Mind Body Greens Beauty Director, Alexandra Engler. Here we discuss all things beauty taken through the lens of well being. Thank you for joining. So, before we jump into the episode, I am going to tease a few things that we have coming up. So, first up, we have a special beauty catch up episode with our very own Jamie Schneider. If you read the site, you definitely know her work, and we will be discussing some of the latest beauty news, answering questions from the Mind Body Green community, and talking about some exciting launches in the MBG product lineup. For the questions part, if you have any, you can head over to sayhi.chat slash cleanbeautyschool to submit any questions. Again, that is sayhi.chat slash cleanbeautyschool. Or you can just go ahead and click the link in the show notes and it will take you to that page where you can leave a voicemail. If you don't want to leave a voicemail, I totally get it. You can also just DM me your questions. On Instagram, I am at Alex underscore Blair underscore. And I also linked my Instagram in the show notes, so you can also check it out there. Now on to a fun update on the editorial side. So recently on the website, we started a new franchise called Essential Beauty. It's a regular franchise where we share the top essential tips from our favorite experts, many of whom also appear on this podcast. It's just a simple, fun way to share the best advice from the best of the best in beauty. If you have any expert you love and think might be a good fit, reach out. I love hearing from our listeners about who and what inspires them. Okay, on to the episode. Today, we are talking with a beauty expert who has quite the impressive resume, She ran Cosmopolitan India for several years. She was named Forbes 30 Under 30, wrote a whole book about DIY beauty recipes, is an Ayurvedic beauty expert, and has over 1 million followers, making her a bona fide influencer. But as you'll soon hear in the conversation, she's actually not super into the idea of influencing people. And what I mean by that is she doesn't like to give universal advice that doesn't account for the person's unique needs. We talk about it in depth throughout the conversation, and I just love her approach to giving skincare and beauty advice. So I think you guys are really, really going to like it too. In addition to talking about the general concept of being influenced, we also talk about how you can become uninfluenced and instead, you know, listen to yourself, listen to your own needs, listen to your own skin. We also dive into our favorite ingredients, Ayurvedic traditions, and so, so much more. Without further ado, welcome my guest, Nikita Upade. Nikita, welcome. Alex, how are you? I'm good. I'm so excited to chat today. Ever since we connected over Instagram and started following each other, I have been obsessed with your work. And I have looked into all of the amazing stuff that you have done in the beauty space. Mm -hmm. And I can't wait to learn more from you. But before we get into all of your skincare advice, I also want to just get to know your story a little bit better and let our audience get to know you a little bit better. You know, so what is your background? What was your journey into the beauty industry like? So not a lot of people know this, but I have a degree in fashion, right? That's how it all started. Like I got out of my hometown, I started studying fashion and I was like, you know, this is not something I want to do. 
I wanted to write because we had a module about writing. And, you know, even in school, like I was always praised for my essays and stuff. So I was like, okay, let me write. But now how do I sync fashion with writing? Right. So I got into writing for magazines. And for magazines, when I started writing for them, all the wellness and beauty stories that I did for them did like so well. And that was all because I grew up in a small town in India. And I don't think, you know, online shopping was like a big thing back then. Like it was, it was not even like it didn't even exist. And until then, like the biggest brands didn't even enter the Indian market. So all we did was in the name of skincare in my house was, you know, do stuff with kitchen ingredients and fruits and veggies and, you know, use home ingredients to make face packs and hair oils. And I think, I think we are still making a lot of hair oils at home. And that, that is something my mom is really good at. So that is what, you know, that was our, you know, go-to solution strictly out of need. But now, you know, that we've come so far in the journey of DIY, we pretty much still stick to it, having all the resources in the world. And, you know, sometimes we just want to go back to our roots. And that's how, you know, Roots to Radiance, my book happened because my articles were doing really well in beauty. And I had, you know, I was heading Cosmopolitan in India for three to four years. And I was, you know, that I was pretty much done. And I was like, okay, you know, I have tested everything out. This is what's working. I have a background in this. My mom is, you know, so keen to always contribute recipes and come up with new things. And this is something I've seen all my life. I was like, okay, let me compile this in a book and see how it goes. So that's how my book happened, Roots to Radiance. And it was really yeah. well received because, you know, so I, I I pretty much tried to put everything in one, one book itself. Like if I think about writing another one, I'm like, what am I supposed to write? Because I put like more than 500 recipes in there. <laughs> You're like, I'm out. I'm out of words. There are no more left. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, you know, I was going to actually ask you about what inspired the book. And, you know, clearly it comes from your love of, you know, using these ingredients and crafting your own recipes. But, you know, just I'm curious, what did you feel that was happening in the culture at the time that you wrote it, that you felt like it was the time was then to to get back to those basics, to get back to those, you know, to get back to the roots. Was there was there something happening in in the beauty space that you felt like, wow, this is what we need right now? Actually, you know, this is something that was happening in the U.S. a lot. Like clean beauty was taking over. And, you know, I did, a, did an article with Women's Health uh, USA. My friend Neha uh, Tundan did that article. And she said that, you know, this is why Indians have an authority on clean beauty. Because our whole history, like she's Indian as well. And she says mm -hmm. our whole history is about, you know, clean beauty and Ayurveda. We didn't necessarily market it, you know, in, in those words. But that is yeah. pretty much the gist of it, because 
uh, all our lives we've been talking about yoga and clean beauty and diy and since uh, when the shift happened in the us it felt like you know this is so much like something we've always done in india so that's how i was like okay this book has to be there because you know establishing that authority on clean beauty and natural ways of doing things i really wanted to reinforce like how it originated and how it mm. was always a part of our lives it's just that yeah. we never marketed it in that way so yeah that is how yeah i think that's so important to bring up just because you know clean beauty people are like oh it's this buzzy word and i'm like yeah the word clean is buzzy but the roots of what we're talking about that's i mean that's just that's how people have experienced beauty in so many cultures for all the time you know like this stuff like it has deep roots it has deep history so you know just to reiterate what you're saying is like yeah of course of course that there was that moment that you that you came in and you said you know like i Ayurveda, this is how it's always been in our in our culture, in my history, your personal history. So speaking on personal histories, I wanted to ask about formative memories that you have with beauty, because I think I like talking about this because, you know, I think that people, when they think about their relationship with beauty or their relationship with skincare or hair care or whatever it is, we can kind of trace back those relationships to certain memories that we have from growing up, whether it's being in the kitchen with our mom making hair oils, whether it's, you know, something like we had acne growing up or whatever it is. And I think it's really illuminating to kind of hear about, you know, those those formative memories that shaped our relationship with beauty. So, you know, do you have any any that come to mind? I have tons of them. I have tons of them and not really good ones, you know, some of them because yeah. growing up, we were sort of floating in the sea of misinformation, right? Don't you agree? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, absolutely. Did, did that ever happen to you? Like when I was young, I was told that if you had oily skin, you didn't really need moisturizer and yeah. and that I needed really harsh face washes to, you know, strip the oil off my skin. Like if you had acne, you had to like fight it really harsh stuff rather than calming inflammation, you know? Yeah. So, you know, in a way, my memories with beauty, you know, in terms of making it formative, I think all the stuff that I grew up with and watched my mom do, that led me to write the book but my beauty philosophy you know all the memories that i have related to that those are not very good memories and i'll tell you why like they really shaped me today and you know this is something i tell everybody that do what works for your skin because we grew up in a time where there was internet there was overexposure there was a lot of myths and, you know, you're seeing your friends do something, you want to do that. People are giving you misinformation, so you are absorbing that. You're going to the wrong dermatologist, you know, you're going through your own journey with hormones. So that was like a lot to take in, right? Like being in 
in that generation where internet was there, you know, myths have always been around, you know, brands available in India, not available, not really having knowledge about ingredients like we do today, you know. So all, all of that, it's really interesting that this particular generation was right in the middle of all that as teenagers. And, and we were going through so much, you know, it was all back and forth with all the misinformation and the, all the polarizing and things like that. So yeah. the way that I see it is I have been misguided back and forth. And, you know, I've been a buyer of cosmetics and skincare. Now I do sell my own products. I've written about you know, beauty at Cosmopolitan and I've read about it in other articles and I have had, you know, a journey. So this way, my formative memories of beauty is being on all sides of it, you know, guiding mm. and being misguided, selling and buying, you know, believing in myths and busting myths. So it's like a 360 degree experience that I've had with beauty that I've been on all sides of it, like influencing where I'm talking about the product and being influenced by something someone else is talking about on social media. So this is just like a constant back and forth, being in a very existing in a very unique time where all of this is happening. And it's just, you know, you're on your own. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's really hard yes. to cut the noise. You yeah. are somebody who is an authority on it. And so, you know, I'm curious, how do you talk to people to help them cut through the noise? Like, because I think it's really, really hard for people to, to have social mm -hmm. media and Instagram or TikTok or whatever it is, and to not know who to believe or where to even start or how to, you know, find reliable resources. So, you know, how do you tell people to kind of like wade through all of this information, having been someone who's had to do it herself? That's, that's like a really interesting question because I let people figure out themselves. Like if, if I were to advise someone on skincare, I ask them, okay, if this is your problem now, have you had this problem in the past? Are you like, you know, allergic to certain ingredients? What's like your skin temperament? Where are you living? You know, what's the weather like? Because, you know, someone in the US or Utah, you know, talking about a product saying this is so good for their skin and someone in India looking at that product and saying, okay, maybe this works for me. And my problem with that is that if you're going to believe somebody who has, you know, different skin type, different skin tone, different race, might even be different gender, different weather, like, I don't think you should give into that influence that quickly. That, mm. that is what, that's the first thing I tell people. Like, if you're going to go, you know, if you're really serious about solving a problem, maybe just take a step back and introspect, like, what are your personal tendencies? Like, where are you living? Like, someone's going to say that a humidifier is like a must, but what if you're living in a city that doesn't even need that, right? And 
getting yeah. a humidifier makes it worse it could make yeah. it worse like it could Absolutely. give you like acne or whatever right so yeah. thinking critically is something i tell people like i wouldn't say oh you need this product you know get out of my face this is what you need just you know like get started no that is something i almost never tell people i say okay let's start thinking critically about this like if you're saying that okay i want to use this product what's your take on it i would really dig into that like i would ask them about everything like what is their history what is their skin's tendency and you know how do they react to products when you know when they are like 15 days into it or a month into it because it is very important to really be patient about this stuff like this is something mm-hmm. you know that involves discipline and persistence and critical thinking of course so i really want people to understand that just because a magazine says these are the 10 must haves doesn't mean those are the 10 must haves for you so that is what yeah. i usually lead with i love that and i totally agree with you i think that when people whomever it is whether it's an influencer whether it's an editor like myself whether it's you know a dermatologist or whomever they say like oh this is the one product that everyone should use i kind of consider that a little bit of like a red flag i'm like yeah everyone really everyone needs to use one product <laughs> like yeah, no that's, that's that, you, you know, know that's beauty really isn't one size fits all right But my yeah. my friend bobby brown says that like beauty isn't one size fits all yeah i i know that you and bobby have a relationship and bobby is i mean like absolutely my idol i am obsessed with her i had her on this podcast and mm-hmm. she is just a great great woman okay so i know so much of what you talk about is rooted in in self care you know beauty through self care self care to take care of yourself just because you deserve it and you know i think it's a really it's a beautiful way to approach skin care and so i'm curious you know what does self care mean and look like to you so you know if this is going to be a little bit of a cliche answer but i think it has a lot to do with how you think how you feel and how you go about life like that is the number one thing and i think self care and i've you know i've been on all sides of the situation like i had a friend who who i recommended like a resume to like she wasn't she was going through a bad breakup right and you know it really sh- it started showing on her that she's not really taking care of herself and doesn't really want to deal with anything right now and the moment you know she got over that breakup i could feel like okay now the products are working on her like a lot of time it's internal happiness this is something mm. you can't really explain like once there was a guy who i really liked then i would glow instantly the moment you know we would talk or meet and i could track those 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 sort of you know good emotions like when you know something good happens and you know like an email that you're waiting for or a job that you've been waiting for i think being happy getting that kick out of life that you're constantly looking for so the constantly looking is what's draining but the moment you get it it's just like you know 
it's glow town mm. all yeah. over the place yeah so i think yeah. i think it has a lot to do with how you feel internally and it would be unrealistic to say that keep yourself happy all the time because i think life could get depressing you know in general and you know we've go- gone through a whole pandemic and it's just you know good enough that we are still alive but uh, yeah. i think you know the moment you feel like you're happy all the time like like the s- smallest things could change the way you look so that is really self care for me self care you know if you are, if you're asking about my beauty philosophy i would say okay have a consistent beauty routine be disciplined about it don't give up too quickly you know anything mm-hmm. new that you're using it has to be you know you have to give it like a certain amount of time to see that it's performing yeah. or not because yeah. things performing too quickly is also a red flag for me to be honest sure so so those are my beauty philosophies or beauty rules but if i have to talk about self care it's all internal like i am not going to ask you to apply something as a part of self care i don't think that's really you know self care it's about doing your best and keeping yourself as happy as you can because i know you can't be happy at all like or at all times i can't do it either in fact i find the concept of gratitude very corny like shout out to people who could be grat- you know like grateful all the time but for me it's like really difficult but when i do yeah. crack the code to being like okay today i'm grateful about something this you know beautiful morning or like you know having like good food with you know the right show playing on my tv you know those those things like when i'm feeling like okay i have nothing to do today i'm gonna this is my cheat day i'm gonna have a cheesecake those things <laughs> maybe that's when i feel like okay this is self care but yeah i would totally differentiate that from you know physical application stuff yeah, yeah. no i i totally agree with you i i love that answer and you know i was actually going to bring up your beauty philosophy in general and so i know you've kind of explained a few of the rules but what you said about products working too quickly that really piqued my interest why do you consider that a red flag explain explain some more because i think <laughs> maybe the ingredient is too strong right mm-hmm. yeah it's like you know when topical steroid they work instantly on your skin right if you're like using like cortisone on itching and you know you're just like wanting to get rid of the itch really quickly and that's when you apply topical steroid and maybe in 10 seconds it calms down right but that's not really good for you I, that is how i look at skin care that works too quickly i'm like okay what are they putting in this like is it too potent is it like you know and yeah. can my skin handle that kind of potency because and and this is something i've seen a lot of intelligent dermats talk about that you know brands would be like 20% vitamin c 50% 10% but the right ones are going to tell you that you know vitamin c beyond a certain percentage doesn't really make sense because it is a good ingredient it's the best ingredient and even when it's 
overrated, it's underrated. That's what people say about vitamin C. But, you know, beyond a certain percentage, and I've experienced this myself, my skin peeled off. There was this brand and it's a very popular vitamin C brand. But the moment I applied it for four days, my, you know, there was like a burning sensation. And that's when my friend said, okay, if you're switching on to like a new product, which is 20% vitamin C, and they really put the 20 in it, you have to dilute it with some sort of lotion because, you know, it's going to rip your skin off. And if if that sort of a thing can happen to me, I mean, I, I, I don't know what a layman or like, you know, a regular person would end up doing because it took then I was then then I was applying petroleum jelly all over my face you know like so much forced moisture to you know get my skin to grow new skin and because it was all peeled off and I was at yeah I was in New York at the time and it was snowing and my skin was peeling and you know it was just like shots were being fired back and forth like from the weather and my skin's reaction to it. Could it get to break? It was amazing. No, I think a lot of people don't realize that vitamin C can be very sensitizing for skin, especially when yeah. it's too potent. I've certainly had issues with some very potent vitamin C serums on the market. And, you know, I've I've had to, mm-hmm. you know, learn that, you know, okay, I can't tolerate a serum that's at 20%. I just can't. It's too much. So you also, kind of the flip side to this question, but I want to talk a little bit more about it is, you know, you mentioned that you should stick with products and let them work and give them time and be patient and, you know, stick with the routine. And I think that is such good advice. And it's advice that I try to tell people quite a bit that you need to let products you know, give, give them a chance. And so I'm curious when, when you talk to people and you, you explain this philosophy to them, how, how do you encourage them to do this? Because I think especially, especially in America, you tend to get a lot of people being like, no, I want immediate results. So, you know, can you explain this part of your beauty philosophy a little bit more? So, you know, if someone says they want immediate results and, you know, go for like surgical procedures, like that's like the most immediate result of all, right? So <laughs> uh, when that sort of thing is involved, I'm like, okay, it's your body, it's your face. I'm not gonna stand in your way. I, I pray for the best that if you're going through a procedure, it comes off, you know, the way that you'd expect. But, uh, the other way that you know people who are looking for like improvement through skincare and ingredients that is where i tell them that you do need that certain amount of time just give it that you know those two weeks that it deserves because if 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 not anything it's just data right because i'm a person who loves collecting data like i would have 10 different vitamin C serums and I'm going to test each one of them. I'm going to give a fair amount of time to each one of them just so that, I, so that I know what works. And next time when I am at a position of, you know, being influenced by someone or influencing somebody or looking at a commercial or buying into some sort of a fad or believing some myth, I would know that through my personal data, my personal experiences, I would know that, you know, probably this 
XYZ product is the one for me. So gathering yeah. that data about yourself is very important because the world outside is, you know, just to like get you and you have to, you know, make yourself resistant to that, which is why I always tell people that, you know, listen to your body, track your own pattern and just know what works for you because there there's going to be like a thousand distractions every day. This is how the industry works. There's going to be a new yeah. product every day. And if you're not giving, you know, a fair shot to what you think that you bought in the first place and, you know, there's like another impulse buy the, the week after, it's not really going to be, you know, like a healthy relationship with your skin because you're not yeah. being fair to your skin in that way. And you're giving into 10 different fads. So I, my, uh, from where I come from in this is that how do you really crack the code to being, you know, getting close to knowing what your body could probably like or dislike? This is the only way to get there, to, you know, give things time, be persistent, be disciplined, think about your weather, where you are, think about what your skin is about, you know, what, what it likes, what it doesn't like, what, you know, basically it all boils down to your personal experience because you have to know how your body and skin reacts to certain ingredients, certain products, yeah. certain brands, and how, how much time it needs to really show the results. So all that data is in you. It's not really, I, I wouldn't know. I could only ask you to do, you know, conduct a research where, you know, maybe it's all on you. And it's not really research, research. Like you can't really go so wrong about it. It's just, you know, yeah. all safe products. You just have to figure out which yeah. one is, you know, yours. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I think that's such good advice. And, you know, especially for anybody out there who's like methodical and, you know, loves to, you know, document things. I'm, I'm sure we have a lot of listeners who are very type A like that. So <laughs> I am sure a lot mm -hmm. of people are going to be doing that. So I want to talk a little bit yeah. about Ayurveda and Ayurvedic teachings and beauty. We know that they're connected. We know that they're so deeply connected. But I, I want to ask you, you know, can you explain that connection to us? Like, how are, how do you use Ayurvedic teachings within your own beauty routine? So Ayurveda is all about using home ingredients and, you know, certain holistic rituals that were practiced long, you know, back in the day. And, you know, they are relevant to this point. And how you can modernize it a little bit, you know, finding stuff from your kitchen and just, you know, striking that mix where you can make your own life easy and you don't have to step out of the house for that. And, you know, the weird thing about the way, you know, when my book came out is that my book was released in late 2019 and the pandemic hit in 2020 so that yeah. is when nobody went out you know all the salons shut all clinics shut you know no hair salons nothing and that was the time when people really wanted to go back to their roots like okay now that all the instant fixes are off the table and we can't really go out of the house let's really go back to the roots and rediscover Ayurveda. 
So my book was consistently number one on Amazon around the time because everyone was busy looking at, okay, let's have turmeric tea. Okay, maybe this concoction, you know, helps with immunity and, you know, brings like, you know, helps with common cold, you know, using ginger or turmeric, things like that and coconut oil basically making your own oils and you know fermenting and all of that so these are all ayurvedic practices that are still so relevant to this day that you know and and most of it is so original and pure that some people just never went back to their old ways after you know getting into making their own hair oils for example and all the hair oils that I've ever used, aside from the one that I launched with the brand, were made by my mom at home. And, and we yeah. used to like ferment so many ingredients and keep it in a jar next to a window with like indirect sunlight exposure. And those ingredients would be immersed in it for months. Like it was like two, three months long fermentation process. And, and uh, once you take out all the ingredients out of the oil, you could just smell it forever. Like it doesn't smell good, but it, those were the oils that worked. Like I, I was bathing in such hot water when I was in school that, you know, my mom's oils basically saved my hair because the, you know, the temperature of the water was just like I was practicing burning in hell. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I love hearing about various DIY recipes, but at the core of DIY recipes are, of course, ingredients that you love. So I want to ask you, mm-hmm. you know, what are some ingredients that you that you use and that you recommend? There's this is a broad question. So you know, there are a lot of ingredients that I love. I do love rose water. I love cucumber mm. because it's always hot in India. So for Indian skin, but generally I love cucumber and carrot juice, again, very good. Potato juice for pigmentation is again, it's slow beauty, but it's very good. And neem leaves, now neem is an antibacterial, so that helps with acne. I do love fuller's earth clay for pore cleansing. And what else do I love? I love, what do you call it? Yeah, I love pumpkin puree for, for as a mm-hmm. face mask. Because it okay. really, you know, shrinks the appearance of enlarged pores. And it also works on making your skin firm. Like you could actually feel like your skin is firm and tight after you do like a pumpkin puree mask. So I think those are like my favorite. Did I mention sandalwood? I do love sandalwood for inflammation. I, I love all the at-home recipes. Do you, and we talked about vitamin C. Do you have any other just like more like mainstream ingredients that you look for in products too of course i love retinol and Mm. i don't know if a lot of people know that but retinol is actually one of the ingredients that is like most highly proved like in all the studies retinol is actually you know shown results and with other ingredients it's pretty much up in the air but retinol is for acne and anti-aging so those results were pretty concrete when it when it comes to retinol so that is definitely my favorite ingredient i love salicylic acid again for acne and you know pore cleansing so those would be my favorite ingredients of course vitamin c is there 
but not all of them like i do like the 5% which is like mm-hmm. pretty much what my skin can handle it seems like you have a nice mix of making sure that you know there are beautiful ingredients that you can find at home and then there are beautiful ingredients that you can find at you know the the department store yeah. and you know they all, all work together it's all about you know what works for you right like you have to do you 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 can yeah. mix both like this is something i've said a lo- in in a lot of my interviews that the goal is not to side with natural or you know clinical stuff the goal is to solve your problem whichever way that's achieved right mm. Yep, I love that. I think that's such great advice. So, I I wanted to ask and I I like asking this question because I think it spurs a a interesting conversation is you know, we're we're both in the beauty industry and we both are invested in the beauty industry and we both pay attention to the beauty industry quite a lot. And is there anything or are there things that you would change about the industry like if you If you could fix parts of the beauty industry, what would it be? I think I would really like to change the gatekeeping in the beauty industry. Mm. You know, because everyone's trying to sell their own thing, right? Which is why I always say do what works for you because a dermat would say don't use natural methods, you know, a natural methods person would say don't get into harmful chemicals. you know someone would tell you this product is no chemicals which is again something that makes everyone furious because literally water is a chemical h2o yeah. right so yeah. nothing is no chemicals and, and so everyone has their agenda everyone wants to say that okay we have the authority on beauty i would say you know i wrote a book someone else would say okay i have a degree so this is like you know a constant battle on who actually has the authority and i would say the person using the product has the authority you know you have to decide for yourself you are on top of all of this like you are above all of this like you don't have to take sides or you know just start a fight in the comments and say oh by the way this person said that you're saying this like I don't know why that's even important. Like, I think gatekeeping has so many layers to it. Like, you know, because the followers of certain people would also go on a war against the set of followers of another person, and that, you know, that's like a mental toll as it is. But what it also results in that people are siding with one thing. because they are like oh i'm like an activist who does not want to do natural or do does not want to do chemicals so you know i have to live my life a certain way and you know you're going to waste so many years of your life when you could just fix your problem by being flexible yeah. in life like you know just like be fluid <laughs> if that makes I sense i love like, that i think that's fluid. such good advice oh my god i want to like put this on blast like <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I totally agree with you. I'm like take this little clip and like put it everywhere. Everyone just like be flexible. Yeah. It's okay. <laughs> yeah, because it's like, you know, this activism is not going to get you anywhere. Because totally. this is like, you know, you could use your activism for something greater. This is actually what you're doing here is like restricting yourself towards 
something that's possibly your solution, right? Totally. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. One thousand percent. Like, like <laughs> I in love terms that. of dating, in terms of dating, people are like, okay, he's not my type. I've only been comfortable with, let's say, nerdy dudes or geeky dudes, and this yeah. guy is like outgoing and like you know, basically surrounded by women. I don't know if I should go for him. Maybe that's that outgoing guy is for you, and you know, maybe yeah. the nerds aren't for you, or maybe the, the nerd is for you and not the outgoing guy. So it's all about opening yourself up to things, and that's really how it is because we have a tendency of you know restrict these you know psychological blocks that are all self-induced. Yeah. Yeah. I, oh my gosh, I 1000% agree with you. So your book, it's it's about the millennial life. And so I wanted to ask about your, your view or your approach with speaking to a millennial audience as somebody who, do you identify as a millennial? Are you a millennial? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I'm a millennial as well. So, you know, what what is unique about the millennial experience that you, that you speak to, that you, that you identify with? Because, you know, it's, I do think that we were, we were a generation that was very much like had a very unique experience. Yeah. So as a millennial, what I think, you know, the way that I talk about in my book is that I don't want to be unrealistic. Like I wouldn't say stuff like, you know, don't eat pizza in bed and, you know, things like that. Like all the advice that looked too preachy, I was like, I'm Mm. not going to talk this way. Like I'm going to talk like a best friend I'm gonna say that okay I get why you do this which is why you should try that usually books are like you know making you feel bad about yourself oh by the way you've been cutting cake wrong oh by the way you've been putting toilet paper wrong you know this is how people get you to read an article or a book right and that is something you know fear-based marketing is something I don't like So I was like, I'm not going to talk to people like, oh, by the way, you know, you've been doing something wrong all your life and I'm going to tell you how to fix it. No, I'm going to help you, give you a nudge and tell you how to improve your life in a way that you don't end up feeling bad about yourself. Because when Mm -hmm. someone, you know, gives you that sort of a, you know, makes you feel that way that, okay, you've been doing something wrong all your life. I don't think that's you know, that doesn't leave a good effect on the other person because then they start reanalyzing everything that, okay, maybe there's something else I've been doing wrong all my life. And I don't want to be the person who leads with that sort of emotion or, you know, someone who induces that kind of fear. Yeah. And it's also like, you know, we, we've survived this far. So <laughs> how yeah. wrong was it? <laughs> okay, so I want to get into what you do for yourself. And if you have any product recommendations, they are always appreciated. You know, so what is your typical skincare routine? What does it look like? So my skincare routine is, you know, the number one rule would be I only use, you know, face cleanser on my face at night. I don't do it in the morning because I think water is enough for the morning because I don't want to strip, again, I don't want to strip natural oils off my face. 
but it could be very different for someone who has too much oil production so then i would sure. say okay if if that is something you want to combat then make sure to like wash your face twice with a cleanser but i have a dehydrated skin and by that i don't mean dry skin like there's a difference i always tell people this that hydration that dehydration has something to do with you know drinking less water or like you know having your skin like dehydrated because of that and dry skin would be you know some wanting oil so hydration is basically seeking water and dry is seeking oils so mm-hmm. what my skin really needs is water more water and what a dry person's skin would want is oil so that is how i go about things like are you dehydrated are you dry what is your concern so basically you have to build up a resume for yourself there's no hard and fast rule but mine goes this way that i only wash my skin with a cleanser at night and i start with sometimes i start with a toner although not all toners are important and you don't always need a toner again that's like a gimmick most of the time but sometimes <laughs> some toners do have really good ingredients that prep your skin well so in that case you could you know i like the sunday riley pink juice toner it's very good mm-hmm. and i do love an eye cream called which one is it which one's i'm using right now i think i'm using the goop eye cream right now which is pretty oh, okay good. yeah yeah they they had me on their article a few weeks ago and and i do love their eye cream and again retinol i've i've been using strivectin have you heard of this brand yeah Trivectin. yeah absolutely yes yeah so yeah they have a really good retinol yeah yeah they, i think that, that's called advanced retinol and i think it's been working very well for me and okay. there's this device called solar wave which i'm loving you just oh, have to yeah, use it those little like for 5 minutes yeah i do yeah. like that yeah so like little and led light. lights right yeah yeah <laughs> yeah that is what it is and my vitamin c right now is the revive skin care have you heard of them it's I pretty don't know i might have to look higher end yeah yeah okay. revive so they have like it's actually next to me if you want to see it <laughs> okay so they have separate tubes okay oh sure and yes yes and yes and one nozzle this is like really unique okay. like you have to so the outlet yeah. is one but the inlets are two i think it's pretty amazing <laughs> at least yeah, that's me. cool so that's probably to keep the vitamin c stabilized i would imagine yeah i think so probably maybe yeah 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 interesting and then there's very cool scarlett johansson's you know oh, are you enjoying it i've heard good things yeah i i i know their co-founder so i gave them like a pretty i i gave them a few set of ideas i said you know if you really want to be inclusive and in, include like all races all genders in that way why don't you start putting braille on your packaging you know Oh, like Sofia Vergara is doing bilingual packaging for her products like it would have yeah. let's say you know latin and english at the same time mm-hmm. so i was like mm-hmm. okay you know if you really want to include everyone bring everyone into your family why don't you all also include braille on your packaging so the co-founder yeah. loved that suggestion let's see if they take that or not 
but this is a great serum you know the prep serum which is exactly what it does i prep my skin with that and that's when okay. you know all the other products follow okay and then do you have any wellness habits that you try to do consistently and i ask this question because i'm a big believer that everything is skincare from how much we sleep to how much we move our body and you know so i always i always love to hear yeah. about how people's wellness habits influence their lives so is there anything you do yeah so your face is the index of all the habits that you have right and i can tell from your face like you're glowing as hell <laughs> so you pretty much have <laughs> i have a little help i have a little light in front of me <laughs> <laughs> So yeah I think my wellness habits are you know very consistent like every morning I would get up I would make a tea that is you know turmeric lemon juice some honey cinnamon only yeah. when it's winters yeah. not otherwise and my mint and basil mm. if I have a cold but basil is good anyway like I like it for the anti-inflammatory properties. Ginger again if it's cold otherwise not and I just drink that. I do have 5 to 6 soaked almonds in the morning and I have green tea throughout the day and once in a week I meditate for like 30 minutes which is very important okay. to me. and i prefer doing it on weekends and it actually makes me think like you don't have to think about anything just picture your dream life and that is what meditation is for you like it actually makes you feel good and and the moment yeah. i do that i jump out of bed and it's like you know my energy is endless so the, i i yeah. i definitely consider that as a wellness habit i love that i love that form of meditation or i love that approach to meditation I I think that's something that I might have to give a go. I might have to give that a try. Yeah, because you know thinking about one thing is difficult but thinking about what you want you you do mm. that any which way right just put like a positive spin to it and think that you are already have it like how are you reacting to all the dreams coming true then that's that's you you know yeah. that's the real you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I love that. Oh Thank you so so much for joining me today. This has been amazing. I loved this conversation. There are so many points throughout this or throughout this chat that I was like, "Oh my god, yes, I totally I am right there with you." So I feel like you and I have very similar philosophies. And I just I I loved chatting with you. I mean, this was so great. Yeah. Thank you so much. Same here. Thanks so much for having me. I'm so honored. Hey everyone, thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you want more beauty content, you can find it at mindbodygreen.com or any of our social channels. And finally, if you liked this podcast, don't forget to rate and review us. Thanks for tuning in. See you next week.